Hi, everyone. This is Authentic AF. I'm your host, Taylor Kilpatrick. Thanks for joining me for this second installment of Inside the Episode. Today, I talk about adjustments to my process, how I'm catering to what works best for me as a person. I talk about human design, and I also get into confronting some of the barriers that I'm facing mentally, because the mental aspect is part of the process and behind the scenes into the making of not only each episode, but this podcast as a whole. So I do want to include that. And I hope this is helpful for anyone looking at their own barriers or even just comforting for other people who feel like they're the only ones struggling with this stuff. So let's dive in. Thoughts about this second episode. Wow. Um, So much to say here. Even just very basically, my original ideas for episode two were entirely different topics and a different storyline, but I pushed those to a later episode and I may end up scrapping parts of it altogether. Who knows? As I have these conversations and release these episodes and even just with every passing day as I do more work on myself and seize more opportunities for inspiration to flow, my vision adjusts. And I'm just letting that lead me. And so far, I'm not overthinking it, which is amazing. I'm trusting myself. I do have very unorganized lists of ideas And figuring out the best way to organize all of that will definitely improve efficiency around the technical aspects of making these episodes, which is amazing, and will let me spend more of my energy on the conversations and what I enjoy. On that same note, after editing episode one, I felt insanely drained It felt amazing to get the episode out, and I'm proud of the episode itself, but it was just, I don't know, the process just felt daunting all the way in my bones. And I would shame myself a bit in my head, like, is this me not willing to put work into something that I love? But I thought, well, wait, is that me falling into an old pattern of thinking that length of time and amount of energy directly absolutely equals greater quality? Yes, I am willing to put in time and energy, but how can I maximize time and energy spent on the aspects that I love? How can I make this better for myself? Editing, don't love it. Spent six hours editing for a 33-minute episode? Woof. So how can I minimize the time I spend on editing? Hiring someone to edit is an option. And it's an option that I have not taken off of the table, but improving the first take would also help. So I thought back to how I felt when I was recording the first episode, where I had resistance versus what parts just seemed to flow. And I realized that when I'm reading just a bulleted list, I overthink a lot. Suddenly, I have no idea what I want to say about anything. 
something about just knowing that I'm live, even if no one can hear it at the time, I just freeze or pause for too long or say, um, every other word while I gather my thoughts. So I decided to fully script episode two. I did worry that I would sound a bit more robotic, but I prioritized cutting down on editing time in this situation and hoped that I'd just become less robotic over time. Great. What a plan. Cool. Well, I can probably write a script in like 20, 30 minutes. It'll take 40-ish minutes to record. Add the intro, the outro, no big deal. Um, yeah, like these were legitimately the thoughts going through my head that in just the span of 60 minutes, my episode would go from being an idea to being ready for someone's headphones. What a delusion. I was really letting fear coerce me there into self-sabotaging, into procrastinating, knowing that when the time came and, oh, wow, look at that. The episode isn't ready yet. I wouldn't release it and repeat again the next week until I metaphorically slap myself across the face and do it. Step through the fear, damn it. So the fear part I will touch on a bit later, but I did step through it. Obviously, my episode wasn't ready on Monday when I saved it for Sunday, but during the week, I worked on it a lot. And as I mentioned before, in a very unorganized fashion, I just have all of this in various scattered Google Docs. I have one with all my general ideas, episode headers, ideas, questions, topics, guests, all listed under each header in sort of a mess of notes. Then when I'm working on a specific episode, I make a new doc, copy and paste what I have underneath that episode header, and add a page break. Then I organize all of that jumble into high-level topic ideas. Ideally, I write down short summaries of those ideas that I plan to explore and will explore more in depth when I'm writing the script. For episode flow, that works well, so I can arrange the list by what transitions well from one topic into the next, and then it's less confusing when I copy and paste later. But once I started writing out ideas, I found myself writing my thoughts down and just not stopping. And I wrote them as I thought them, typing, hitting enter, typing, hitting enter, over and over, after less than a line to capture my thoughts exactly as they are. I'll have to show a picture of what the script looks like. The scripts become very long page-wise, but content-wise, just the right length. Something else I've recognized in my process and I'm now trying to specifically plan around is when am I best suited for which tasks? When should I script or record or write the descriptions of the episode? Often I think, well, some is doing better than none. And back when I was focusing more on writing, I read the book On Writing by Stephen King. Highly recommend, by the way, if you like his writing style, And it's a great window into various significant parts of his life in one way or another, as well as some really sound advice for anyone interested in pursuing that path. But anyway, he talks about writing every single day, one word at a time. It's truly about showing up and putting in the work. 
well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I got to show up. But also, I do appreciate the power of and necessity for adequate rest. And sometimes these two ideals can be challenging to balance. I fall into the pattern of guilting myself. You're not doing enough. How can you say you want it if you're not willing to work for it? And going all in and then burning myself out and needing rest. And then letting my periods of rest morph into more procrastination. When I think about the burnout from before, it's just a cycle. So I have an idea to specifically plan the type of output I plan on doing each day. To do more mindless tasks on days I expect heavier, more draining output from my 9 to 5. And assigning more creative, expressive tasks on my less consuming days. Hopefully that will help me stay a bit more focused on task and less hard on myself for doing what I'm able to do. I also have a habit of boxing myself into an all or nothing mindset. Like, "Mm, I don't have three hours to spend on scripting or on editing, so I just won't do it today. I'll wait until I have three hours. But instead, deliberately schedule just one hour to work on it here and then another here and then another there. And if it sounds simple, I get it. It is. It's just not the default that my mind goes to. So working to overcome that is an active intention of mine right now. And hopefully all these steps will increase my efficiency and I'll get enough episodes ahead that I won't feel rushed or unable to release an episode as scheduled. Regarding editing episode two, it did help. A lot. I think I said my episode one took six-ish hours of editing. Episode two took just under one hour, I believe, and it's almost six minutes longer. So, so far, so good on scripting. I'm going to continue with that approach. And like I said, I'm sure eventually as I become more confident in my ability to express myself eloquently on the spot, a bolded list will work just fine. But scripted episodes written in congruence to my comprehension and speaking pattern and establishing a schedule to dictate what work I do and when is my plan going forward. And honestly, I don't know why I tend to resist a more rigid schedule. My human design says that I find success in a more structured lifestyle. And that has proven to be true in almost every aspect in which I've applied it. It's how I can almost guarantee I will exercise and meditate and journal and everything else I do daily in my morning routine. Whatever I want to include in my life, I include when I make a plan for it, when I know what I'm doing, when. And that's not to say I can't enjoy spontaneity, but I will find the least resistance with structure. And here's the thing about human design. I succeed with more structure. Okay, well, maybe I say, but I don't want to be that rigid. I want to be more flowy. I want to be able to wake up and do whatever I feel like doing next. I want to go with what I feel. But do I, though? I'm terrible at making decisions in the moment. Terrible. If I'm left to decide what I want to do next... I actually panic, 
even if I have a list of things that I want to do, deciding which one to do paralyzes me. And there's also probably something to look at there, like inability to trust myself or something along those lines, but it's also my reality right now. I can't decide. I overthink and I often end up doing nothing at all because of it. Anyways, I did just go on a bit of a human design spiral, but I wanted to get into a bit of that because self-work, the journey to living your best life as your authentic you, can be overwhelming. There is so much that you can do and you can look at it from so many different angles. And like, where the fuck do you start, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the self-improvement, development, whatever words you choose to use, the self-work umbrella is massive. Not all of it will resonate with you at the same time. Some won't resonate at all. And I'm not recommending any one avenue to start from because I truly think the process is so unique to each person. But I think human design is something you can look at at a very high level and then apply small, actionable awareness to your life at little to no cost to you at all, just to see what happens. And if you find that your life starts to flow more and things just work out, amazing. And if you don't, well, nothing has really changed. Working on yourself, whatever that means to you or to anyone, it takes time and energy and space. And not everyone feels that they have those. For me, at least, following my design gives me back all of those things, allowing me to do the work. Circling back to my fear-induced procrastination that I mentioned, I had to look into the fear here and what it's really telling me. I listened to an episode of Jay Shetty's podcast the other day, as I really have been lately, with Lewis Howe, who I'm now obsessed with, by the way, just bought his book. And he mentions that there are three main fears people suffer from. The fear of failure, the fear of success, and the fear of judgment. Fear of judgment has definitely been present for most of my life and does linger still, for sure. But I think part of the beauty of this podcast and my purpose behind it is to accept that I will be judged by people and some of those judgments won't be nice, but it is what it is. The point is to be authentic as fuck despite the opinions of others. I'm not for everyone, and that's okay. No one is. And not everyone is for me, and that's also okay. So yes, fear of judgment is present, but this is me stepping through that fear and sort of alchemizing that from a fear into a strength, into a superpower. Being judged means that I'm showing up as me, not changing or dimming or hiding so as not to upset anyone, but in fact, owning, proclaiming, embodying what I do think and who I am. So bring on the judgment. It means I'm speaking my truth and I'm here for it. Something I've learned throughout my own growth process and personal judgments is that judgments really are 
a projection and reflection of self. Every person has their own life story, life experiences, pain, shame, conditioning that have led them to have that opinion or to take that action. And we can recognize that a person has some work to do and we can acknowledge that from a place of understanding and compassion, knowing that we too have our own work to do. And if someone doesn't align with you, don't welcome them into your life. Don't bring them into your space. We can wish them well and continue down our own path. So I try to keep that in mind and I am certain that I will falter and I will lean on John and my support system to bring me back to center and not obsess over criticism or internalize outside opinions. But that is the journey. So that's that on judgment. The other two... It took me a minute to recognize the truth here, but I'm actually not afraid of failure. The definition of failure is unique to each person. I think with this podcast, the only way I would feel like I failed is if I didn't do it at all. So every episode I release, every soul I reach is destiny fulfilled. What I want out of this podcast is to connect with people deeply to see the world through someone else's perspective and recognize aspects of myself in them. And if I do that, and if I inspire one person, just one person, which I have, there's no way I can call this a failure. I will fail over and over and over again, I'm sure, in one capacity or another, but that's part of the process. And failing doesn't have to become failure. Similarly, success. Success for me is not quitting. Giving my all to this podcast for as long as it lights me up, connecting with people, speaking my truth, becoming more authentic every day through these mediums and through my own inner work and using my voice and sharing my experiences to help others do the same. And as long as I do those things, I will be successful. And in that way, success doesn't scare me. I'm striving for that. But when this podcast blows up, and it will, I know that it will. But when it does, I fear what that's going to look like, what my life will look like. I have exposed my mind to enough expanders, which are people who inspire me, that help me believe that I can live a life that looks different than the one I have now. But even though I believe that and I want that, I've only seen that from the outside. I see how this person or that person lives from what they're willing to show me, but their life isn't mine and they aren't me. And I have no clue what all changes will ensue in my life or what choices I'll have to make and what ripple effects will result from those changes and choices. And do I trust that I will be able to navigate through those? Yes, I do. And of course, I won't be doing it alone, but our brains do their best to keep us safe. And safe is what's familiar. And my dreams exist so far outside of what's familiar. So when I say I fear success... I fear having success if success is the more 
conventional societal view of the word. And with success by that standard, change is inevitable. And change means that whole space is an unknown. And that is minorly terrifying. And that fear is perpetuating my procrastination. What's that quote? Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Okay, wait. The quote is by Marianne Williamson. I literally looked it up as I was typing this script. And I'm going to take a minute and read the whole quote. It echoes a lot of my beliefs and foundations that I cling to along my own journey. And I do want to preface by saying I am not religious and I don't believe in a specific God or capital G God in the way a lot of people picture when they hear that. But I do believe in the universe and I believe that there are greater forces out there at play here. But often when other quotes or something use the word God, I replace it in my mind with the universe. So I'm going to read the quote as is. But if you also don't particularly resonate with the word God, try to hear this for what it's saying and not how it's worded. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Let that sink in for a moment. We are magic, yo. Why the fuck would we not want to spread that? The world could use so much magic right now. Your magic. Okay, so that's pretty much a wrap. Um, you know, currently it takes me a few days to get these written and recorded. And in those few days, I'm absorbing more information and ruminating, meditating, listening to podcasts. My ideas are growing and it's hard to feel done with an episode. Even this episode, I actually scripted this as well, recorded it, hated it, didn't even need to listen to it back. I told myself I'd re-record it and then looked back at the script the next day and I added and changed changed quite a few things. And that's how we ended up here. Always a work in progress. Part of the beauty of that is that I'll constantly have more to share and I will. So until next time, bye. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Your support means the world to me. And if you enjoyed this one or are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate five stars and leave a review or share with others if you feel called to do so. Most importantly, please everyone remember, drink your water, take care of yourself, and you are powerful beyond measure.